Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Welcome to Impact the World. And in this episode, my guest is Sarah Landon. It's always lovely to get to interview a friend and also a contemporary. Uh, Those of us that are channelers, we are few and far between, although there are more people becoming channelers. So when I got introduced to Sarah three years ago by a mutual friend, it was lovely to get to sit with another channeler who was working in the world. But Sarah had come through a very different path to me, and that was a very interesting difference between us. She had had her career in the corporate world, and even though she had been a student of metaphysics from an early age, it had taken her until into her 30s to make the change and start working as a channeler, a teacher, and somebody who is an ambassador of spirituality. So I hope you enjoy this conversation between the two of us. And if you are a regular viewer of the show and you want to support us, It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a rating or a review or subscribe on Apple Podcasts as we're an independent show. So your support like that means a lot to us and helps other people find the show. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode with Sarah. And as ever, you can find links to Sarah's website and aspects of her work in the show notes. Sarah, welcome to the show. This has been a long time coming. We've been talking about getting you in the studio and then Corona hit. So here we are on Zoom, but welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you here. Thank you, Lee. I am so looking forward to this conversation with you today. And I have watched many of your Impact the World interviews. And every single time I just hear something wonderful that inspires me. I'm honored to be one of your guests. And I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast because it's so inspiring to people in the world. Yay, thank you. Well, that's that's the that's the hope and the intent and I know you to be somebody <laughs> who really is all about inspiring the next people who are coming out to do their work in the world and specifically leaders. I think that's one of the things yeah. that's most interesting about you and your work and just in the last year or so, because we've known each other as friends now for three years. But mm-hmm. I think in the last year or so, you kind of said to me, I, I'm really here for the leaders. And that's that's really where I want to be. Yeah. And by leaders, I mean, anything from an entrepreneur to someone who's a head of an advocacy organization to a mother who is a stay-at-home mom that every day in her life she is leading and guiding and showing the way not only to her children but her children's friends and their parents and the people you interact with in the grocery store and in the post office leadership is a level of responsibility that you know that you have this light, you have this ability to really impact the lives of others just by showing up and being you and speaking your truth and sharing your gifts wherever you are in your life, no matter um, what walk of life you're in, you're a leader and the opportunities are there every single day for all of us. So many times people think that they have to have this big platform and because they don't, they can't live their purpose or share their gifts or create in the way they wish to. And yet, if you will just start and find some way today to make an impact right where you are, the opportunities will just continue to expand for you. So speaking of making an impact, you are now somebody who is out there working with people using your channeled wisdom, but also using your ability Mm -hmm. as a teacher and I use the word coach hesitantly, but in in many ways, that is something that you have been doing for many years with people on their spiritual path, but also with their work in the world and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, let's kind of go back to the beginning for you. When did spirituality first enter your life or when did it first come into your awareness, spirituality and the world of metaphysics that now is so a part of your life? Well, I was actually very young. I was raised in a very loving Christian family. We went to church. I went to Sunday school. I loved Jesus. I was, you know, really into the Christian thing as a as a young child. And 
it was about the age of seven or eight years old that I had the influence of my beloved aunt who at that time was studying past lives and reincarnation and spirituality and metaphysics. And from the very first time I heard her talk about you can create your life, anything is possible, it's what you focus on, this, these just concepts were an absolute yes to me, even as a young child. I couldn't get enough of it. And I remember a book called, I think it was Living in the Light. And I just, there's something about just the cover that spoke to me. So I was drawn to that from a really young age and then tried to rationalize this Christianity and spirituality. I didn't really know what I believed. There was a period of my life where I couldn't even use the word God because what other people's interpretation of God was, wasn't what I experienced God is. And then in my late teens, I got really into personal development. I saw an infomercial with Tony Robbins, probably Awaken the Power Within or the Giant Within. And I was like, I need that. Yes. <laughs> so I got into personal development and human potential and how to set goals and achieve goals. And then I went to school and got, a, got started in the corporate world, actually at a very young age, and just applied all of this incredible wisdom around goals and taking massive determined action and all of these different things, which, which served and were wonderful, especially in the corporate world where everything is goals driven and results driven and team driven and got very into personal development of teams and organizations that I worked with. And I, I feel very, very, very blessed for the experience I had to be in the corporate world. And yet if I was on an airplane by myself, flying somewhere for my work, I was reading some spiritual book and usually always channeled information like Seth Speaks or A Course in Miracles. I was very drawn to channeled information. You and I have talked about this, Lee. I truly believe if you are drawn to spiritual information, channeled information, you're remembering. It's, it's allowing you, it's awakening something in you and helping you to remember your own connection to source within you. So I came to this point in my life where on one side of me, there's people telling me to take massive determined action and accomplish goals. And I had really accomplished everything that I set out to do. Buy a house by a certain age, I got married, I had the cars and the income and the wealth. And yet I knew deep down, I wasn't really living my purpose. I didn't know what that was. And if anyone would have told me, <laughs> leave the corporate world and you're going to go channel a group of non-physical beings called the council and be a spiritual teacher uh, and help guide people to live their highest potential. I would have been like, I think you've got the wrong person, yeah. <laughs> but life has its way. And while I believe that everyone can find their purpose and their path and make an impact in the world in a way that is easy, effortless, harmonious, joyful by following the energy and letting light guide the way and being willing to allow and not hold yourself in limitation. That wasn't really the path I took. <laughs> I, I took a little more of the uh, trauma, drama, suffering path. Heck no, we're going to do it my way, my time way, the way I think it should be. And eventually I came to this path of letting go and really allowing myself to come into the truth of who I really was. And so I consider myself now a guide to helping others to live their highest potential and whatever that means for you. It doesn't mean the same thing to all of us. It really doesn't. But you know within you when you're doing what you're really meant to do. People ask a lot of times about destiny and I say, destiny is you following energy and letting light guide the way and destiny comes to you and it's just choiceless. Mm. It's just choiceless. But I must mention, because it's such an important part of my path, and it's actually the day we are recording this is exactly the 19-year anniversary of the catalyst to my spirituality, which was my brother's death exactly 19 years ago today. Mm. When I went to my brother's viewing. I was at the time of my life where I wasn't really using the word God. I was in the corporate world. I was really focused on success, 
what I thought success meant. And it was the first real significant loss I'd had in my life. And I walked into my brother's viewing. It was a frigid, cold November day in Alaska. (laughs) And it was very emotionally heavy. It was my immediate family in this room. And I went up to my brother's body and observed it in this sort of state of no context to where to put this, right? I sit down on this chair, this cold metal chair, and I'm sitting there processing it all. And after a few minutes of sitting there, I can only describe it as what felt like liquid love. Started in the top of my head, went through my entire body, and I came into the state of peace, like something I've never felt before. I was warm. I was totally peaceful. I was almost in a state of bliss. And I heard over my right shoulder as clear as day, I'm still here. I'm just not in there. And it was my brother's voice in my head over my right shoulder. My brother's body was on the left side of the room. And I said back to him in my head, where are you? And he said, I'm just as here as I ever was. I just left the density of the body and I'm at a rate of vibration that your physical senses can't interpret because I'm no longer in form, but I didn't go anywhere. And I knew that there was just a knowing, there was such a peace in it. And after a few minutes, I, that energy receded and I was back in the room, back in the moment. And it was as real as anything could have ever been, but I did not know what had just happened. I believe it was my absolute love for my brother, which allowed me to not dismiss the experience. However, I just went back to my normal life after that. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want to be weird. I didn't want to be woo-woo. I went back to accomplishing goals and working hard and doing all the things I thought I was supposed to do. But over the course of the next many years, I would spontaneously have an experience where that energy would go through me again. I would feel my brother. He would communicate with me. Many of our conversations were, huh, so what about heaven and hell? He's like, nope, not like that. Heaven and hell is the experience you have on earth, depending on what you're thinking about and what you're focused on and what you feel is true and not true and based on your beliefs. And so he would answer all these questions for me. So I believe it was my brother's love that allowed me to stay open, to allow that energy to begin to acclimate my body so that I could start tuning in proactively or on demand to infinite intelligence, streams of consciousness, higher level awareness, whatever you want to call it. After a few years of that, I started waking up in the middle of the night and having this spontaneous energy that I just had to write and write and write. And I would read it afterwards. And it was the most profound wisdom that I couldn't find the answers to in the world. You know, somebody would be telling me to take massive determined action. And then you've got spiritual communities telling you to go sit on a mountaintop and get quiet. And I, nobody can answer my questions. So imagine my surprise, although I know you know the feeling of when these answers started coming through me. And so that began to lead me more deeply down the path of spirituality, still not knowing what I was going to do with it, still not knowing how I would ever transition out of the corporate world, live the life I wanted to live and share this wisdom with the world. And yet I look back at it now and I can tell you, no matter who you are or where you are, you are so guided, you are so blessed, you are so cared for. If you can come into the moment and really open your heart and allow, there's a light and there's an energy that will guide you every step of the way that will put the resources and the connections and the people and the experiences that are meant for you in your path. And at some point you'll look back and you may even share my perspective that I truly believe destiny comes to you. Comes to you. So I'm curious because when you share that, I hear voices in our listeners, viewers, 
saying, well, well, how do I get there? Like, what do I, you know, for the people who perhaps don't experience life that way, what have you learned, taught, or experienced about how to attain that level of flow? And perhaps what has to be moved out of the way in order to get there? Well, maybe the very first step is knowing that it's possible. Hmm. I didn't know it was possible to do what you love with people that you love, be happy, joyful, live a life that is harmonious, abundant, and not work all day and travel all the time and struggle. I really had a belief system that said, you have to work hard, effort, sacrifice, do it all. That was my belief system. And it really served me for a long time. Hmm. And then I went through a divorce. I got cancer at the age of 27. My life seemingly felt like it was falling apart. I can look at it now and go, oh my gosh, everything was falling into place. What I grasped onto so tightly wasn't meant for me. There was something so much better, but I couldn't see it from where I was. I think that's the hardest thing for people. There is this truth and this knowing within you somewhere. You know what you love. If you asked yourself, what would your perfect day be? If I would ask myself that question many years ago, I couldn't even imagine a concept which would be like, wake up every day, well-rested, excited about your life, inspired, get up, have some time for yourself, spend some time in nature, exercise. Then when you have had you time, you get to work with the most incredible people all around the world for the comfort of your home and sometimes going to live events, and sometimes doing group things, but always with people that you consider your dear friends, people that you love and respect, and be very happy and abundant at doing that. I didn't really know that was possible, but I think the more each and every one of us really go beyond the limitation, the lack, the struggle we hold ourselves in and have the courage to live your life fully and love fully and be all that you are, whatever that means to you. You then begin to shine a light on what is possible for others. And this is one of the things of the many, many, many things I love so much about you, Lee, is you do this your way and you shine. And you're an incredible singer and an artist and a musician and a channel and an entrepreneur and a change maker. And there's no limit, but you do it your way. And you don't hold yourself back in a box and say, it has to be this way or it has to be that way. And we get so used to these labels. I'm a daughter or a son and a spouse and a mother and a father and a accountant or a professional or a And we hold ourselves in these boxes instead of allowing ourselves to express all of what we are in whatever way is joyful and fun for you. For most people, back to your question of where do you begin or what if they don't know what's possible for them? We've all heard this, right? Follow your highest excitement, follow your joy, do what you love. It really is that simple. There are clues. Destiny will leave you lots of clues. What do you love? What would you do in your perfect day if you had everything you needed and more and you could just design your perfect day? And yet that voice in our head says, well, I got to work hard. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to figure it out. I've got to think about the future. And the truth is all of your power is in the now moment right here. All of your power is right here. We don't really understand that because we're so used to fragmenting ourselves in multiple different directions all the time that a lot of times when you ask people the question, what really brings you joy? What really brings you joy? They don't know. 
It's a it's a hard question for, for us. And I think it's it's something that our culture has kind of whitewashed out. Like the idea of of you being able to tell someone else what brings you joy versus, oh, well, I'm following the track that was laid down for me that they said would bring mm -hmm. me joy. And it's interesting, Sarah, you know, one of the things in your story, I mean, it's funny because I had a, a few questions for you written out here on the side. And of course, you've answered so many of them already. But one of the questions I had for you, which I now don't need to ask you, was what has loss taught you about life? Because I know for you with the loss of your brother, and then that kind of cataclysmic period in your life where everything seemed to go away and disappear, but at the same time, you were building the whole foundation for where you are now. And that's a story that you and I share. Mm -hmm. I, I feel that one of the things that you've just touched on and you alluded in this when you complimented me and, and again, and I mean, I speak about this a lot with, with the people who I do my work with and for, um, you know, the expression that I'm in now was so not <laughs> who I was, what my programming was, but I think you just talked about when you get the epiphany moment, the vision, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Those other voices come in. And in my experience, those voices have some kind of energy template in our body. And that's when the work begins. That's when the healing begins. Because it's like, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go over here and be this channeler. And then whatever that voice says, and especially if it's strong, you're going to have to come to an awareness and or a release with that voice, that part of yourself in order to move forward, in order to allow yourself to have the very life that you're talking about. And it's interesting that when you were describing your life, I thought, God, isn't it funny that in 2020, so many people have had many challenges, but many people, and sometimes those same people who've been challenged have also said, God, it's been so nice to be at home. And I feel a bit less stressed than I used to in the outside world. So I feel like in a way, the loss that has shown up in 2020 in, in, in certain areas of what we knew as our pattern mirrors the kind of awakening shift that you're speaking about, that you went through and that I went through and that so many people often need some kind of loss of the old in order to birth the new. And sometimes when you're in the loss, it can feel intense because you're healing and there is a death of the old self. But it's interesting that in 2020, so many people collectively have been asked to, we've been asked to die to who we were and what we thought our patterning was. So it's a very potent time for the kind of work that you do or that I do for people who are wanting to develop their awareness, grapple with themselves or going through an awakening. So anything that you love has the potential to awaken you. Anything that you lose has the potential to awaken you. Loss of money, loss of a marriage or a relationship, loss of a loved one, loss of your own health, right? So when you have a health challenge or for the first time you have something like that, it's very scary. So we start to ask this question, whether you're consciously aware that you ask the question or not. To me, the awakening that begins to occur is when you ask the question, who am I? Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And when you start asking those questions, everything in your life starts to change. You realize you're not your circumstances and your conditions. You're not who everybody told you you were supposed to be. You might not know who you are, but you're asking the questions. And so when we experience loss, we start to ask those questions and we start to realize that we can transform our circumstances. We can transform our conditions. We can transform our relationships, our life, our bodies. And many people get stuck in that constantly trying to fix what's wrong with you, constantly trying to heal what's wrong with you, because under, under all of that is a judgment that you're still not enough yet. And the reason, number one reason I see why people 
don't live the life they want to live is because they don't think they're good enough. They don't think they're enough yet. They still got to struggle and sacrifice and work harder or make more money or accomplish more in order to be enough. Constantly motivated to avoid this unwanted circumstance, this constant avoiding, right? So working and efforting and pushing and more goals and harder and more money, this constant motivation to avoid that you might get your purpose for your life wrong, that you might not be enough, that you're not lovable and deserving just for being who you are. We learn all that stuff. It's not true. There's nothing in this human experience that could ever threaten your perfection. You are perfect just the way you are right now, yet you're always going to be expanding and becoming more. And so when we begin to shift our perspective on who we are and what's possible for us and others like you, Lee, show up and hold this light and share what kind of life they're living and share how they're using their gifts and their abilities in the world and sharing how you came to that, it begins to seed human consciousness Mm -hmm. with potentials and possibilities where people start to remember that these things are possible for them too. Mm -hmm. And we have some very fundamental beliefs in lack and limitation and not being enough that most of us don't even really know are there until you might hear someone say something about it and you go, oh, wow, yeah, that's how I've unconsciously been holding it. And you become conscious and aware that that there is a grander perspective, that there's a higher viewpoint. For example, like I said, at the time, it felt like my life was falling apart. It felt like all these things were happening to me. And now I know no matter what is going on in my life, my very first step is always a shift in my own perspective. This is happening for me, whatever it is. No matter how big, no matter how small, I choose the highest truth, which is I know for some reason this is happening for me. So whether it's the end of a relationship, the end of a job, COVID, whatever it is, stuck in traffic, any little thing, any big thing, when you come into the moment and you consciously choose, this is happening for me. I know that this is happening for me. In some way, this is serving me. Then instantly, you start shifting your perspective to, well, I wonder why it's happening for me. I wonder what things are going to come from this. Every single thing that's ever happened in my life that at the time thought was I thought was the worst thing ever, I can look back at now, and I just said this to some girlfriends over the weekend, I wouldn't wish those things on anyone but I wouldn't be who I am without them. And they're the greatest gifts of my life. Mm. I wouldn't be here if my brother didn't make his transition when and how he did. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't been through all the things I went through. And yet I see the gifts. I see the blessings. I have a dear friend whose husband was going in for a third round of removing a cancer that does not respond to chemo or radiation. And she called me the day before and she was, the words were, it's terrible. Oh, this is just awful. The doctor told us the worst things that can happen, said to be prepared that they might just get in and have to close them back up and say they can do nothing. And I said, well, what would the highest outcome be? What's the highest outcome that you could imagine? And she said, well, they get in there, they get the tumor, they get it all, they fix the rest of the things that need to be fixed. They sew him back up, he's healed, and we move forward in our life. 
And I said, okay, well, then that's the perspective you've got to hold. That's more powerful than praying. Hmm. It's more powerful than praying to focus on the highest perspective. And when you have others that are also holding that higher perspective, it's even more powerful. But the next thing I said to her really did not come from my thinking mind. I just closed my eyes and I was allowing, I was holding space and this inspiration came to me. And in my head, I was like, Ooh, she, I don't know if she's going to be able to hear this one. I said, I'm going to tell you something kind of crazy. But what comes to me is, I think you've got to find the gifts that this cancer has given you. I would sit down tomorrow when he goes into surgery and I would make a list of all the blessings, all the gifts that this cancer has given you. The people you never would have met, the doctors, the moments, all the things that have been a gift in this experience. And when you have fully received the gift that this cancer has given you, then bless it, say thank you, and see it returning to the light. Give it to the light. Say, thank you. I have fully received what you're here to give me. And she said, after a little pause, she said, you're right. That does sound crazy. But she said something about it feels really right. She said, you know, we never would have come to the point in our life where we knew we had to sell our house and move and we didn't realize the level of stress we were under because of our house. And had this not happened, our daughters wouldn't have all come home for two months to be with us. And she just started going on and on about all the gifts and all the things. And I could literally feel the shift. The next day, they went in there. The highest outcome that she saw was the highest outcome of the situation. She really was able to bless it and see the gifts and receive the gifts. See, we assume things like cancer are here to destroy us, are here to kill us. We go into fear, we go into reaction, we go into resistance. But there's another perspective in every situation that this is happening for you. And I can say this with all of my being because this is my experience as well. When I received the gift after a year and a half of multiple occurrences of a very rare kind of melanoma, when I understood why it was there and I received the gift that it was there to give me, it receded. I have been cancer-free for 13 years. And I know the gift that that, that experience gave me. And it, it's back to our perspective because how you're perceiving anything is what's creating your reality. We've just been perceiving life through a lot of lack and limitation. And so when you begin to elevate your awareness of other ways to look at things. So how does loss form your life? How does it impact you? How does it help you get more clear? Well, first off, it almost is always there to help you remember your power and the truth of who you really are. And to ask those questions yet again, who am I, why am I here, and what is my purpose? And then you can begin shifting your awareness on what you really do want. And so many times we're just doing what we think we should. So when loss comes into your life or you're perceiving it that way, first off, choosing that this is happening for you, that in some way it's serving you. Start to see the gifts in it. Be open to a different perspective on it. And you can create a completely different reality where someone else or you on another path would have been suffering and struggling and depressed, or you are choosing to stay conscious and present and allow. And it might just be one of the greatest experiences of your life if you will allow it to be. It's interesting because it makes me think of death and um I've been around death quite a lot in the last year. Um, people close yeah. to me, close friends. Um, and one of the things that I'm always struck by whenever I'm in the presence of someone who I know is close to death or when I have been there at a death, um, there's always so much light 
And I'm always aware of that. And I, I would say that one of the ways that I live these days, and I didn't used to live like this, but it's, it's kind of come for me through the Z's and also these experiences of watching these people I know and love uh, suddenly just disappear from the planet, often ahead of their time, just to remind myself that nothing is promised and that tomorrow isn't promised, not to be morbid and not to, you know, run up a credit card because tomorrow doesn't matter. I don't mean living in that kind of reckless way, but more realizing that we as a soul have been poured into this human body for this experience. And it's interesting that it, you were just talking about seeing the gifts. I'm grateful that now at age 44, I, I can't stay stressed for very long before I notice I'm stressed. And when I notice I'm stressed, the way I get myself out of it is I, I ask myself what I'm fighting. Am mm. I fighting my thoughts about what I should be doing? And therefore I'm doing something that is stressing me out that I can actually stop or rearrange? Or am I fighting the reality that I perceive is hurting me? I'm resisting mm. not being very well or this not going very well. And and it's taken me many years to get to that point to have a really fine-tuned radar for stress. But it's one of the things that I, I definitely know I was more asleep at the wheel with um, in my 20s and before. I could probably run with stress for a long time. And these days, I know that stress is a warning that I'm too much in the density of the experience that I'm in. Or And, and again, going back to that, is it really worth this? Is you know, is, yeah. is it true stress? Like, is your life in danger? Is someone else's life in danger? <laughs> that kind of adrenaline is different. But if if you're stressed about your life, the truth for me is always then something needs to change, and it either needs to change in that moment, or you need to be able to go. Oh, I think I'm going to have to make some changes over the next six to twelve months, or whatever feels doable. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. I wish we were taught that when we were younger, and I know it would have saved me a lot of grief and time, but I also am really heartened to see many voices, you being one of them, out there now beginning to share this ability to be with yourself and to be in your soul self, your human self. And, you know, it's no coincidence, of course, that so many of us who do this now, you, me, and so many people I know, spirituality and personal development was our hobby and our passion when we were younger. And then you somehow find yourself doing it. So yeah. I'm curious for you, what was the moment that you started bringing the council who you channel out into the world in a, in a public mm -hmm. way? Because we met when you were already doing it. We met mm -hmm. at the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. And I think you were a few years into it at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was a, that was a journey in itself. <laughs> I just want to expand on what you said, because sure. I think these things are so important. I, I can, I can play in these levels of consciousness and spiritual wisdom that are up and out there. And I really love it. But one of the things that is most important to me is practical, grounded, applicable tools, wisdom, spirituality in your everyday life. If you can't apply this in your life and watch it change your life in the most incredible ways, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. We've all read the books. It's how you apply it in your life. And what you said was so important, this idea of catching stress before you're broken down and exhausted and sick. And I loved what you said. One of the things that I believe has been a deeper catalyst for what we've been going through with COVID is this awareness of bringing systems into balance, primarily your own, your own system into balance. So when you're getting really stressed out, when you notice that you're stressed, asking yourself the question, what do I need to do right now to bring myself back into balance? And there is nothing more important, not responding to that email, not jumping because something thinks somebody thinks you need to do something. The most important thing is for you to ask yourself that question. What do I need to do right now to bring myself back into balance? I've yet to really find anything that if I don't just stop 
and close my eyes and take three, three deep breaths. Three is very important. Three deep breaths. Because the first one, your body goes, okay, fine. <laughs> the second one, your body goes, well, that feels a little bit better. And the third one just needs, just seems to reset your system. It is one of the easiest practices and one of the easiest tools, which is why most of the time we don't do it. We just run full speed, force effort, trying to fix it, respond to that email, call that person. You know, stop, take three deep breaths, close your eyes, go from your head down into your heart, get your power back, bring your system back into balance before you move into whatever the next piece is. The other thing that just feels important because we're talking to creatives and creators and I'm about creating. One of the things that has really helped me shift is when I do recognize there's something that I feel I need to change. If I change that one word, I go from powerless, frustrated, resistance, pushing energy to, ooh, that feels different. Instead of navigating through change, instead of trying to change something, ask yourself the question, what do I want to create here? Not what do I want to change? Not navigating change. How do we navigate through creation? What do I want to create here? And all of a sudden, to me, it feels like, oh, wait, I don't have to push against something and change it. I don't have to take all this action. I don't have to wait. What do I want to create? And it just shifts me into this different perspective or mind frame and if mind, mindset um, that has really helped me to get out of the density that you talked about, out of the lack, out of the limitation and go, what do I want to create here? So it leads me to your actual question, which was bringing the council to the world, this ability to channel. First talk when I, when I started channeling, uh, my voice was very different. I, I felt really weird. I didn't really want anybody to ever know. I tried to play as small as I could so that I didn't have to really put it in the world. And ultimately, under all of that was not approving and accepting myself. Wanting other people to approve of me, wanting other people to be okay with it before I really went, wait, this this wisdom has changed my life beyond my wildest dreams and helped me create at a time where I actually uh, was at what felt like rock bottom. And this is the wisdom that changed my life. So at some point it just became purely choiceless. It was my highest joy, my highest excitement. I was channeling the council, listening to it, getting it transcribed, reading it, and it was changing my life. And I just started sharing it with people. And as I did, you know, people that were safe, that would accept or understand, and they started changing their lives and creating the life that they wanted to live. And then I had some groups of people that came and wanted to hear the wisdom of the council. And there was a moment in time where I saw all different potentials with it. I, I saw a particular person that channeled in the world that traveled every week to a different city, was doing huge events, was traveling all around the world. And that was not what I wanted to do. Many people told me, you have to publish a book. You're never going to get this in the world until you have a published book. And that didn't feel right to me at the time. And so I just went, how do I want to do this? I think this is the thing people go, what am I supposed to do? What should I do? As if you could somehow get your purpose wrong. Mm -hmm. Whatever way is fun for you, whatever way feels good to you. I also didn't want to work in an environment where people constantly needed to be fixed. I didn't want to fix it for them. I didn't want them to give me their power. I didn't want to become their guru. Even saying, I don't have anything that you don't have. Mm -hmm. You have this gift and ability within you. I believe everybody has intuition, highest guidance, the ability to channel, the ability to connect into infinite intelligence. 
I just do it all day, every day, because it's my highest joy and my highest excitement, and I absolutely love it. And so it just became choiceless for me. I couldn't not do it. And I had to walk through my greatest fear, which was losing the love primarily of my father, who at the time I didn't think would ever understand. Come full circle. He's one of my greatest supporters and, and we've come a long way and it's changed him and it's changed me and it's transformed our relationship as I have just lived my truth. And I, and remember this, you're always expanding and becoming more. There's probably something tomorrow where I will go, oh, wow, yesterday I wasn't totally in my power about that or I wasn't totally, that wasn't all the way into my truth. And so it's, it's a journey. It's a, it's an adventure. It's a discovery. The council says every road you take, you can explore spirituality. You can explore yoga. You can explore different teachers. You can explore Rome. You can explore France. You can explore every corner of the continent. It all leads you back to you. It all just leads you back to you. Every relationship, every profession, every project, everything that you create is all leading you back to you. Greater expression of who you really are. And it's a beautiful, beautiful journey when you allow it to be. I think we all think you're going to get someplace on this journey and go, okay, perfect. I don't need anything else, right? I'm done. I got there. I achieved that particular level. And yet you can be totally satiated right where you are, knowing that there's nothing you need, that everything you want and need is here for you right now, that you really can have it all. You get beyond this place of wanting and needing. And then it becomes an expansion. You're expanding you're more fully expressing all that you are and you're having the experiences that you want to have for you. One thing I tell people, and, and this really helped me, this was not how I saw my life and this was not how I set goals, but I made these big three year, five year goals. Okay. And then when I get there, I'll be happy. And then when I achieve that, I'll, I'll have made it, then I'll be enough. Right. And yet one of the simplest things was the shift to what do I want to experience today? What do I want to experience today? And when you start shifting your awareness to that, what do you want more of? Not what do you want to get rid of? What don't you like? What's wrong? Because the council says you don't get what you want or what you think you need. You get more of what you are. So we are vibrational beings. If, you're, if your predominant frequency is lack and struggle and suffering, you're getting more of that. You're getting more of that. When your perspective is life is a struggle, life is difficult. It's always uh, so hard. Then that becomes your reality. When you start going into that limitless potential of what's possible for you, that grander perspective of who you are and why you're here. And you ask the questions, what do I want more of in my life? What do I want to experience today? What brings me joy? And, and in the moment you're asking yourself the question, am I really fully expressing all that I am? Or am I holding back? And there came a moment in time with my work with the council where it just became really painful to hold back and not really just put it out in the world and be who I am. <laughs> and, and that's really when everything took off and everything changed. And I'll tell you, I, I, all the gifts, I, I, I can't even count all of the gifts and all of the blessings that has, have come from that. But the greatest one of all has been the people, the people like you, as you well know, um, you know, you're one of my very best friends and I, I just feel honored to be 
on the planet with you and to create with you and to collaborate with you and share with you. But I know you would never come into my life if I wouldn't have fully shared my gift and expressed who I am and just accepted and approved of this thing called channeling and putting it out in the world. I never would have met you and I can't imagine my life without you. Hmm. And so whatever your fear is about what might possibly go wrong, first off, probably won't. I can't really think of any fear I had that actually <laughs> happened. None of it happened. But, oh my gosh, the things that you are keeping yourself from by playing small and dimming your light and not really putting yourself in the world the way you know you want to, the things you're missing out on are just are just not worth whatever this fear is. Yeah. Just not worth keeping yourself from those things. And there's so many parallels in, in your story and my story around that whole experience of, oh God, I don't want to tell people about this. And it's funny, there were a couple of things you said, you know, I remember my parents, one of my greatest joys, um, my dad passed away earlier this year, but one of my greatest joys with all of this work is going from, how the hell do I tell them I'm a channeler? It's just, <laughs> it's just you know, it wasn't my parents' world and it was not my family's world. Um, and the greatest joys for me in about the last four or five years is whenever I would do an event in London, my family would come. And at first I was like, oh God, I'm going to be channeling it. <laughs> How am I going to? And, and what was so great for me was my joy, my, you know, my, my family like people, they're people people. And it was watching them connect with the wonderful people who would come to be in the room or the auditorium or whatever it was. Seeing them at the end would always light me up. I'd be doing a book signing and a meet and greet and I'd glance over and I'd see my parents having these conversations with people and they would be so full of the conversations they had had that it was interesting. It was like, I wish we'd got to do it more often because my dad loved it and it lit him up. Mm -hmm. But you never quite know what gifts you might be bringing your family or the person in your life that you, you think it isn't going to be right for. And yet... Everything you said, Sarah, is so true, I think, about us coming out of the closet spiritually, as channelers, as intuitives. And if you look at the lineage of our world around that, there's definitely, you know, there's historical trauma around people who have claimed those gifts. So there is something that your body and your psyche tends to go through as you're emerging out of it. And you also mentioned the people, and obviously there's there's people like us who get to meet and it was a great joy the day I met you because there are so few of us who know each other who do this thing in the world the way we do it. So, you know, that that side of it is is wonderful. But and I know this is true for you too. You even mentioned it earlier. The people that we get to meet that we've got to meet through events or through one on one sessions. I mean, it's it's mind blowing how you get to have this experience of holding space for a a group to kind of gather around what you do and maybe someone stays for a week and maybe someone stays for 25 years but you also get to be in that space you know you get to meet those people and have this very intimate connection and soul journey with those people while on the earth while you're all coming together to uh, amplify and illuminate together it's it's so special yeah and i think when we get beyond this point of always needing to fix ourselves and change ourselves, and we really do come into this living our truth and sharing our gifts with the world, we realize that there's only more. And we come to a place of sharing and collaborating and connecting in our wholeness and our fullness. And there's not competition. There's not struggle. There's room for everyone, everyone's voice, everyone's gifts, everyone's abilities. It's like puzzle pieces that fit together. And then there's an even bigger picture. When the pieces start fitting together, the picture just becomes bigger and clearer. And so as you and I share our gifts and with the world and our abilities and these things, it, it really 
allows others to, I hope, have an easier, more harmonious path to sharing their gifts with the world. You and I have talked about this um, on many occasions, but one of my greatest joys this year has been taking people through a series of learning how to channel themselves and connect into their own higher selves. And many are coming into this place where they are doing courses and doing programs and doing sessions and doing very similar work in the world. And yet it only expands all of us. And so when we begin to see it that way, you know, it's so heart opening, but it's so much fun. I never knew I had a really great life in the corporate world. I worked with amazing people. I loved what I did. I worked on fun projects, but I never could have imagined it as good as it is now when you really step into knowing you're living your truth and living your purpose and you come together with other people, your uh, soul family, your brothers and sisters around the world and just connect and share and together there's just more. So true. So true. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you for sharing with us some of your behind the scenes and your experience, because what you just shared is exactly as you know, why I wanted to create the show, because I think so many more people are coming into their gifts in the world. We're all needed. Now is our time. And I think hearing these pieces of of other people's journeys who are in the world doing it, it helps to normalize it. And in much the same way that I believe channeling happens by osmosis. So if you're in the room with a channel frequency mm-hmm. and it resonates yeah. with you, you're probably priming yourself to start channeling or to be able to channel. I feel mm-hmm. it's the same when we hear conversations like this. And I know one of the yeah. things I've really treasured in our friendship has been the ability to talk about the the journey of creating and building and and, and kind of how we how we how we put these things out into the world in ways that work for us, but also ways that work for other people. So before we go, I know that you have a a very, very beautiful community of people who come to you regularly for your master's class. Mm -hmm. So perhaps just share with, uh, with anyone who's, who's, who's enjoyed what they've heard from you so far, what your master's class entails. Yeah, thank you. I'm so proud of this community. It was completely an inspired thing of coming together and creating a community of leaders and way showers and change makers that didn't really feel like they had a, a place in their own lives or communities where they could have the conversations they wanted to have, where they could talk about how they apply channel wisdom in their life. We also do um, two live video channeled calls and Q&A with the council every month. And then we talk about how we integrate it. And we've created these incredible communities of people. And uh, it's one of the things I'm most proud of. So if you go to saralandon.com and you go into the master's class, you can find a lot more information about that. But I, I feel it's a place for leaders way showers, change makers, that they can come, they can expand their wisdom, their awareness, come into a greater potential and possibility of who they are, begin to live it in their life and really fill up their tank, you know, fill up themselves. And so that they can go back into their lives where maybe they're not having some of these awakening conversations or, or maybe they are starting to see people in their own life wake up in ways that they can now be a guide themselves for others who are going through their own awakening experience. And together, I think we make it uh, a more harmonious, loving experience for everyone who chooses that path for themselves. So I'm very proud of it. Thank you for letting me share. Um, You can find out more about that at sarahlandon.com. And as ever, we will put all of the links in the show notes. So whether you're listening or watching, be sure to check out the links Sarah, love you so much. Thank you for Mm -hmm. being here. And uh, thank you for being you and doing what you do in the world. Thank you. I love you. I'm so grateful for this opportunity and so happy to connect with your Impact the World community. So thank you for creating this platform so we could come together and have this conversation. It's my honor and my joy, really. So um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you next time on Impact the World. And to find out more about Sarah, please check out the notes where you'll find links to her and her work. Big love till next time. 
Hi, I'm Lee. I'm an intuitive, I'm a channeler, and I'm hosting something called A Weekend with Lee and the Z's. And for those of you who choose to come along, I will be first of all teaching intuitively, but also channeling my guides, the Z's, about the energies and what we're going through right now, but also who we might be able to become in the months and years to come. We'll be focusing very much on the now and the future. And anything that needs to be released will be released, but it's really a Become Your Future Self workshop weekend. And I'm leaving the topics very open so that I can fully respond to those of you who will show up for the event. Even if you can't make it live, just by booking before we get to the weekend, your energy will be included in the mix so that if you choose to tune into the replays instead of experience the weekend live, your energy will still be counted. So we hope you can join us for a weekend with Lee and the Z's. If it resonates, we'd love to host you.